for the word. I've been so pumped up for this. I'm telling you, if you have your Bibles, open them up to Hebrews chapter one, Hebrews chapter one, verses 13 and 14. Oh, this is so, all right, I'll read it first. Then I'm going to jump in. All right. Hebrews one, 13 through 14. And it says these words, it says, But to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? So today, as you all know, Facebook, I've been throwing this out, right? Today I want to continue my message from last week. That was entitled Angels on Assignment. So I want to, this is Angels on Assignment Part 2. All right? So you're like, how can you speak? Didn't you speak on it all already? Oh, no, get ready. There's a lot more. The reason we study this topic and gain knowledge about this is because it's in the Word of God. If it's in the Word of God, it's fair game. Amen? And it's not in there just a little bit. Angels are referred to in the Word of God throughout Genesis to Revelation. In fact, angel, seraphim, cherubim, just those three words are mentioned 365 times in the Word of God. Someone online said this. I didn't go and count them all. But someone said there's around 1,825 verses describing angelic activity. Now, should we just, uh, you know, be silent about this topic that has nearly 2,000 verses on it? No. God obviously wants us to know some things about angels and about their work on earth. Amen? And specifically in our life as Christians. So we as Christians need to know what resources are available to us in the kingdom of God on this earth. Right? So here we go. Angels or ministering spirits are co-laboring with us, co-laboring with us and for us to advance the kingdom of God. All right. They're not just out lollygagging. They're not just out playing a harp in the clouds right now, like Hollywood would portray it, right? See, that is why God has put so many angelic accounts in the Word of God so we can know their function to cooperate with them. Come on, somebody. Amen? Amen. To cooperate with them and with the Holy Spirit. Okay? So they're trying to help us advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. Did you know that? Angels are trying to assist and help us in advancing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when the gospel of Jesus Christ is advanced, the kingdom of God is advanced. You can't say, oh, I'm just advancing the gospel, but not the kingdom. No, if you're advancing the gospel, you're advancing the kingdom. Amen? Amen. All right? So if you didn't listen to last week's message, you need to do that sometime. All right? Part one. The Holy Spirit gave me some powerful points for you to, uh, to share with you to meditate on. But here we go. The word minister, as I talked about last week, I want to bring this up again. The word minister, because they're ministering spirits, right? So what does ministering mean? What does minister mean? The word minister is defined as this, to attend to the needs of someone. To attend to the needs of someone. So angels are sent to attend to our needs. They are, minister, they are ministering for the heirs of salvation. Is anybody saved in here? They're ministering for you. Amen? Yeah. 
So let's jump into this. Go to Psalm 91. Psalm 91. This topic of angels is so... In fact, there's been times when I've been teaching on angels and people said, I've seen angels in the sanctuary as you're teaching them. For some reason, they like to be acknowledged. Their work of advancing the kingdom of God. Okay? So when you... When you're talking about them or you're hearing a message about them, you become more aware of their surroundings. And that's why people see, right? All right, here we go. Say, spiritualize. Be opened right now in the name of Jesus. All right, Psalm 91, verses 11 through 12. It says, For he, God, shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Now, this is a powerful, um, interesting point about angels that maybe you never heard before. Ready? God did not create robots. He created humans and all spiritual beings with a free will. Did you know that? Some people think that angels are just robots. You know, they're just, you know... Where do I? No, 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 no. They have a free will, okay? In fact, all of creation has a free will. Meditate on that one. That's powerful. But how do we know that angels have a free will? The proof is that Lucifer and angels rebelled against God and were kicked out of heaven. That right there shows that angelic beings have a free will, okay? They were sent to earth and they and to the first and second heaven. Oh, oh, it got a little quiet in here. We're going to learn some things right now. Are you following me? So Lucifer and the evil angels, the ones that rebelled, they were kicked out of heaven. They were sent to earth and to the first and second heaven. Now, what on earth is that? There are three heavens that the Bible talks about. All right. The first heaven is what you see from earth where I'm flying around in the airplanes, where helicopters are flying around, where birds are flying. That's the, that's the first heaven, all right? The second heaven is what we would call outer space, where the stars, where the planets are. And then the third heaven is where God and our loved ones who died in Christ are at right now. That's the third heaven. So there are three heavens that the Bible talks about. And when Lucifer and the fallen angels were kicked out of the third heaven... They were still allowed to operate in the first and second heaven and here on earth. Are you following me? All right. Now, when, and how do we know that? Because when Daniel prayed, it said an angel was sent immediately to bring the revelation to him. But in the, in the first and second heaven, there was a struggle between that evil angel and God's angel. Are you following me? All right. So there's a struggle. So we know just by that one account. That evil angels, demons, they have access to this first and second heaven as well. Okay? All right. Now, now to go back to my point that God created spiritual beings to have a free will. In Psalm 91.11, which I just read, it said that God was, would give his angels charge over us. The Holy Spirit revealed something so powerful to me about this in connection to angels and their free will. Now, last week I determined that every child up until the age of accountability has an angel watching over them. If you weren't here or didn't hear it last week, go listen to it, all right? 
But then when they hit that age of accountability, they have to choose Jesus Christ for themselves. They have to choose the fear of the Lord. They got to choose to love the Lord for, for themselves. Are you following me? So children up until the age of accountability have an angel assigned to them to watch over and protect them. But for adults, there's some conditions to be met. All right, remember Psalm 34, 7. The angel of the Lord encamps around about them who what? Fear him and the Lord delivers them. All right. So God gives his angels charge. Listen, listen to this. God gives his angels charge over us in a general sense. Say general sense. And then the angels use their free will to accomplish that mission in our life. Now, some of you are like, okay, well, give me an example. Ready? Here we go. This is what the Holy Spirit showed me. It's no different if I hired a babysitter to watch over my child. And then that babysitter must pay attention to that child's needs and safety by their own free will and intervene when needed. Are you following me? I'm not there watching the babysitter the whole time. In other words, I don't have to micromanage that babysitter. Come on. By calling them at noon and say, hey, feed my kid lunch. At six, feed my kid dinner. No, no, no. I give the babysitter charge to watch over my child and trust that they will tend to their needs and safety. That's what angels do in our life. That's why they're not robots. They still have a free will. Are you following me? So God gives his angels charge over us and they use their free will to intervene to meet our needs and provision. Yeah, I told you you're going to learn something. Amen? Now, a part of uh, meeting that need, a part of the angels being able to carry out that function is dependent upon us. Again, Psalm 34, 7, we need to fear the Lord, set our love upon the Lord, as uh, Psalm 91 says, right? And our faith in the Word of God, which includes our spoken words. Say spoken words. The Holy Spirit spoke this to me. Are you ready for this? Mm, I love it. He said, how angels functioned in the Old Testament is the same way that they function in the New Testament. There is no difference. Because a lot of people think, oh, well, it's a new covenant. Uh, this is the old covenant that I'm reading here, right? In the old. And they think, well, they just, they don't do that anymore. That's where you get all these cessationist people. God's not moving today. Angels don't work on your behalf. Are you following me? The Holy Spirit said, this, what you read in the Old Testament, angels are still doing that today under the New Testament. Some think it's different because it's a different covenant, but it's not. Their function remains. So let's take a look at an account in the Word of God. Go to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Has anybody here ever thought that? That, well, that was the old, under the old covenant. They're not moving. No, no, no. They're still doing the same thing today under the, under the New Testament. All right. Luke 1, uh, verse 8, we're going to start with. This is about Zacharias's encounter with an angel where the angel came and said, your wife Elizabeth is going to get pregnant with John the Baptist. Look at this. So it was that while he was serving as a priest, Zacharias, before God in the order of his division, According to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to, to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. To burn incense was an honor, a high honor, okay? And the whole multitude of the people 
was praying outside at, at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the, in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. Abortion is evil. Are you following me? The Holy Ghost was even filling him in the womb. Abortion is evil. God is a God of life. Amen. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah and turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the, uh, to the wisdom of the just to make ready the people prepared for the Lord. Here we go. And Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. Fair question, right? And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. Remember I said when angels come to the earth, into the first and second heaven, they're coming from heaven. So they got the presence of God on them. Who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold... You will be made mute and not able to speak until, uh, until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their time. Wow. And the, this is, <laughs> and the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them, and they perceived that he had seen a vision for vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speak, speechless. Now, the angel, listen to this. Many people don't even think of this. Many people think this, that the angel had to silence Zechariah because he did not believe the words of the angel. That is a fact, Jack. The words, here's what this tells us. It means that words are so powerful. Words are so powerful that they can shift, they can promote, or they can hinder your destiny. The angel had to silence him because he would have cursed the entire plan of God. He would have word cursed the entire plan of God by his words of unbelief. Don't tell me words aren't powerful. John had to come and prepare the way for Jesus to fulfill prophecy in the Word of God. Not only would have Zacharias' unbelief hindered the plan of God, but it would hinder the function of the angels within that plan of God. If spoken words didn't matter, the angel would not have silenced Zacharias. This just, this just wasn't a punishment this, listen, this just wasn't a punishment for his unbelief. It, he had to be silenced. Are you following me? He had to be because he would have word cursed the whole plan of God. Now I want you to notice that the angel said to Zacharias that his prayer has been heard, meaning it's been answered, right? So here we go. We got Zacharias who is praying for Elizabeth to get pregnant and then he has an angelic encounter 
confirming it, but he still speaks words of unbelief. Are you following me? Are you, you seeing the stinkiness of human nature? Even an angel appeared and said, hey, this thing's going to happen. What you've been praying for. And he still doubts it. His spoken words of unbelief had to be silenced or he would have hindered John the Baptist from coming forth and, ma- and preparing the way for Jesus. Now, angels and demons then. This tells us this, that angels and demons are paying attention to our spoken words. Choose them wisely. Spoken words, you could say it this way. I like saying it this. It gives us a real reality check here. Spoken words give angels or a demon or demons assignments in our life. Who do you want to be assigned over your life? Demons or angels of God? Come on, amen? Now here's what you need to know. Angels, just like demons, have different functions. All right? But in a righteous sense for the kingdom of God, of course. There are demons of infirmity. There are demons of lust. There, there's demons for every kind of function, right? Well, there's, there's angels. Angels in the kingdom of God have different functions in the... Just like a military. Just like any military, every person has a job. They have a function in the military, right? Now here, listen to this. I was praying in the sanctuary this week, and I was asking the Lord about the function of angels, right? And I was asking about... Because, you know, you ever hear people talk about, well, there's healing angels, right? So, you know, just with childlike faith, right? I'm walking around here praying and I'm like, God, you know, are there really healing angels? Are there really healing angels? And immediately, it's like my imagination, a picture in my imagination came up of a certain something. I want to share that with you. Go with me to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. The Holy Ghost confirmed that indeed there are angels that function in the healing ministry. I mean, it was just so clear, so clear on the inside. You know how you, you just know that you know? When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, you just know that you know. Wow. All right. John 5, 2 and 4, the pool of Bethesda. Look at this. Now, there, there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in the Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. Why? Ready? For an angel went down at a certain time into that pool and stirred up the water. Whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now, I guarantee you, most people think that was just an Old Testament thing because it was before Christ, right? Oh, no. Listen to this. The word Bethesda means this. The place of outpouring, or I like this, the house of grace. Bethesda means the place of outpouring and the house of grace. This is an interesting account of the function of angels. This was just not an Old Testament provision. Here's what the Holy Spirit spoke to me. You want to know what he spoke to me? Here we go. Listen to this. He said, a healing angel was sent to the pool to stir the waters as a provision for physical healing. This was not just an Old Testament provision, but it was classified as this. You ready what he said? 
a sign and a wonder. It was a sign and a wonder that can still happen today under the New Testament. Here's the deal. You've got to know this. God has provided many different avenues of healing on this earth. Are you following me? Now, an example is this. There's a church down in North Georgia. I believe it's North Georgia. They, the, they were baptizing people, and all of a sudden, this pastor, I, I forgot the fullness of the testimony, but all of a sudden, he's seen, I don't know, some kind of an angelic thing, and all of a sudden, people who get baptized are receiving miracles in that baptismal tank. Are you following me? Now, here's what it is. It's a sign and a wonder, and it happens for a period of time. Are you following me now? It's classified as a sign and a wonder. And angels, with the function of releasing healing and miracles, are given charge over a specific location until that assignment is over. Or the Holy Spirit said this. Are you ready for this? Or until Christians stop reverencing the move of God in that specific place. That's why revivals stop. That's why outpourings cease. That's why awakenings cease. Are you following me? So I want you to notice again that the word Bethesda means a place of outpouring or a house of grace. Grace means unmerited favor that you did not earn. Are you following me? It is a place where miracles, signs, and wonders were manifesting. The pool of Bethesda. It's interesting, the Holy Spirit illuminated this to me. It's interesting that the people knew that it was a super, supernatural place of outpouring and miracles. In the Old Testament, they recognized it. They recognized it, there was healing going on. They re- recognized there was something, you could say this way, something supernatural happening. It makes you wonder. It, I just, you know, the whole thing intrigues me with that pool of Bethesda. It makes you wonder, how did it begin? Begin? How did it begin? How did it start off? Obviously, it was known what was going on there. And the people even knew that it was an angel coming down and stirring the water. They knew something. This is the burning bush encounter. This is the importance of acknowledging God. If Moses would have seen that and kept walking, he never would have had that encounter. But he had to stop and acknowledge what was going on. People seen a stirring in the water. Someone obviously went in and got a miracle. They acknowledged what was going on and it kept going for a period of time. My supernatural experience in Big Rapids. I was sitting there and I was looking back. I noticed something weird. I could have just ignored it and I never would have had that encounter. But I recognized it, acknowledged it, and walked toward it. Boom! Supernatural encounter that changed my life forever. Are you following me? There's something about stopping and recognizing that burning bush. There's something about, that's why if I start to see angels, angelic movement in a place, I'll say, I see angelic movement, I'll recognize it, I'll call it out. Man, I feel the presence of God, I'll call it out. And usually what happens is it gets stronger when you acknowledge it. You must acknowledge when God is moving or he won't move anymore. Are you following me? Some of you, you're feeling kind of dry because you haven't been acknowledging him. God's been trying to move, but you're so, you're so worked up in the flesh. You're so focused on the wrong thing 
that you're hindering him and his angels from moving in your life. Stop and recognize the burning bush. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So an outpouring is not a normal avenue. A sign and a wonder is not a normal avenue. Are you following me? Just like Peter's shadow healing the sick. That's not a normal avenue. That's a sign and a wonder. Or the special miracles that were happening through the prayer cloths on the Apostle Paul. It said he wore aprons and he took them off of his body, gave to people, and unusual miracles would happen. Demons even came out of people when they put it on their body. Are you following me? That is a sign and that is a wonder. It's not normal. It's as the Holy Ghost leads. Are you following me? That's what the pool of Bethesda was. It wasn't just an Old Testament thing. It was a sign and a wonder. So angels are involved with outpourings of the Holy Spirit. Because Bethesda is, come on, an outpouring. Are you following me? It's a place of outpouring. And obviously a place of outpouring, an angel was coming down and stirring the water. So angels are involved in an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. You following me? So again, angels have different roles or functions. So you must take hold of this truth. Angelic activity from Genesis to Revelation can and still does happen today regardless of what covenant it is right now. The New Testament, obviously. The New Covenant. Their function, angels' function has never changed. They're still involved in miracles, signs, and wonders. They're still involved in healing. Are you following me? Now, so they continue to minister and function the same way, providing protection, uh, provision, divine appointments, encounters, and manifesting miracles, signs, and wonders that has never changed, all right? Now, it's interesting, too. The Word of God talks about when Jesus, remember when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane? You remember this? And he was was stressed about this whole thing, and it said he was praying. Did anybody ever realize when you read that, it said this, an angel appeared to Jesus and strengthened him. You ever notice that? Look it up for yourself. An angel appeared to Jesus, the Son of God. Are you following me? The Son of God. An angel appeared to Jesus and strengthened him. Why? Because angels have the presence of God all over them. So when angels manifest themselves, it strengthens you. It encourages you. It comforts you. Are you following me? Now, two angels showed up at Lot's house to warn him and his family to get out of Sodom. Angels are still doing that today. Are you following me? They're still providing that divine protection. Amen. Angels warned people and gave them heads up and instructions uh, many times in the Word of God to do that. Now, an angel even appeared to the Apostle Paul. Remember when in the book of Acts, the encounter where there was a horrible storm out there, right? And and Paul's thinking, I don't know. People, they're all saying, I don't know if we're going to make this. We might end up dying. Well, it says an angel appeared to him. And he said, fear not. Nobody's, there's not going to be a loss of life. Your ship is toast, but no one's going to lose their life. Well, thanks a lot, angel. You couldn't save my ship too? No, just kidding. Come on. Amen. But, but the, nevertheless, the angel appeared and said, there's not going to be any loss of life. Amen. So if you, I want to say this, if you're feeling a nudging, a nudging to get out of a certain place, 
or not to take a certain flight. I'm always, every time I go for a flight, I'm always I'm checking on the inside. How am I feeling? How am I feeling? Am I feeling a lack of peace to get on this flight? Are you following me? Should I do this today? Right? But you got to make sure you're hearing from the Holy Ghost and not from your flesh on that. Right? So if you're feeling a nudging to get out of a certain place or to move from a certain location, it could be an angel trying to warn you along with the inward witness of the Holy Spirit to protect you. All right? So either way, God will get the message to you if you are staying close to him and choosing righteousness and fearing him. Again, Psalm 34, 7, the angel of the Lord encamps round about those that fear him and delivers them. Thank God for that part, right? And delivers. Not only do they encamp, they're trying to deliver us from evil. Amen? So angels are supernatural. We all agree on that? They are not confined to the laws of physics on this earth. Angels were created before the earth was created. Did you know that? Angels were created before this earth was created. They have a free will, and they have supernatural discernment, supernatural wisdom. They have supernatural strength. They have the capacity to manifest themselves in physical form. And they have the ability to transcend the physical confinements of our natural realm. Are you following me? Go to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. I want to show you something here. Interesting topic, isn't it? See, what this is doing, hearing this from the Word of God, it's, it's going to build faith in you. Like, wow, I really do have the kingdom. The whole kingdom of God is watching over me. And they're able to deliver me. Amen. Again, the Holy Spirit put this in the Bible. So obviously he wants us to know about it, right? You're not, don't worry, you're not cheating on the Holy Ghost. Are you following me? He put it in the Bible. <laughs> Come on. Uh, Acts 8, 26 through 40. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, Arise and go toward the, the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, uh, great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all, all her treasury, and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot... He was reading Isaiah the prophet, the book of Isaiah. Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come come up and sit with him. Uh, the place in the scripture where that was read... That read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearers is silent. So he opened on his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, see, 
here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. There's a requirement to get water baptized. Believe with all your heart. Then you can go get wet in the waters. Amen. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to, stop, the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Notice he went down into the water. Full immersion. Not a little dabble, do you? Are you following me? Right? Now when they came up out of the water... The Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Now, so we see this in this account that angels are very active in the process of the teaching and preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is why they are co-laborers. Say co-laborers. So if you're feeling a nudge to speak to someone, it's a divine appointment from the Lord. Are you following me? Obey the nudge. And if you're in Mackinac, let down the fudge and obey the nudge. Are you following me? I know that that phrase kept going through my head when I was writing this. So I said, I got to fit it in somewhere. All right. Okay. So the Holy Spirit goes out of his way to make it known that it was an angel that spoke to Philip. Are you following me? It doesn't say that Philip saw the angel, but it said that he, it spoke to him. He didn't see it. It spoke to him and gave him some direction. I find it interesting that the Holy Spirit wanted us to know that fact. He wants us to know that angels are ministering to and for us. The Holy Spirit wants us to be aware of the function of angels. All right? In these last days, with evil increasing, with the occult and witchcraft increasing, how many of you know we need to be in tune to what is going on in the kingdom of God? Amen? There is a spiritual battle going on. So being aware of the ministry of angels as a Christian will draw them to be more active in your life and ministry. Just like the function of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Jesus, that is also the function of angels and ministering spirits, to bring glory to Jesus. Are you following me? Psalm 103.20 says uh, that they do His Word. They heed the voice of His Word. They carry out the promises in the Word. And come on, Jesus is the Word. He's always going to be glorified. Amen? They do, angels do God's pleasure. And God's pleasure is seeing His Word, His promises fulfilled in all your lives. Amen? Or else what, what did Jesus die for? What did Jesus give us all these great promises for? Amen? Acts 8.39 says that when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. And verse 40 reveals that he was actually in a different city. Now, so the Holy Spirit supernaturally, supernaturally transported Philip to another city instantly. Do you ever catch that? It was a supernatural act. And by the way, this is the New Testament. If you're trying to say that's just the Old Testament, you're wrong. This is the book of Acts. Are you following me? This still does and can happen today. As we're in these last days before the return of Jesus, get ready for these kind of supernatural experiences to increase. Amen. They're going to increase more and more. Listen, the supernatural is getting ready to break out. And we as Christians must desire that. We must meditate on that. We must think about that. And you will position yourselves to operate in that. Listen to this. 
the Holy Spirit said this. He said, I did that with Philip and others in the early church because they believed me for the impossible and they desired and hungered for my supernatural power. And they relied on my power and ability with great faith. They took the time. This is what the Holy Spirit said. He said, they took the time to meditate on my kingdom. And the kingdom of God is filled with miracles, signs, and wonders. He said this. He finished it off with this. He said, I am no respecter of persons, but I am a respecter of faith. Now go with me to Acts chapter 10. You're not going to experience something that you don't know is available. Amen? Amen? When's the last time you prayed? Lord, if you have to transport me somewhere to minister to someone in Africa instantly, supernaturally, go ahead and do it. When's the last time you prayed that? You might start after this message. Don't worry. He he gives you a round trip ticket. He'll always bring you back to your home. He'll he'll bring you home. Don't worry. You're not going to be stuck wherever he sends you to minister. Amen? Some of y'all are worried about that, so we put to bed those fears. Now, Acts 10, 1 through 8. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man, and one who feared God with all his household. I want you to understand that. He feared the Lord, who gave alms generously to the people. He was also a giver. And prayed to God always. Man, this guy loved to pray, loved to keep communication with God. Notice those three points. He feared the Lord. He gave to the poor. He was a giver. And he prayed always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have come up. Uh, for a memorial before God. Notice he didn't just stop at prayers. He said, and you're giving to the poor. God took notice of his giving. Interesting. Oh, don't go there, right? Oh, don't talk about giving. Verse 5. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose name is Peter. He is lodging with Simon a tanner whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So when he had explained all these things to him, he sent them to Joppa. So the angel said, send them, send them, send these guys to go get Peter. Okay, now look at with me, Acts 10 down the road, verses 17 through 20. Now, while Peter wondered within himself what, what this vision... So Peter had a vision, basically that the gospel's being opened up to the Gentiles, right? Now, when Peter wondered within himself what this vision, which he had seen, meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made an inquiry from Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision... The Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Now, 
I want you to notice that an angel appears to Cornelius and gives him instructions to send people to find Peter to share the gospel with him. I want you to notice angels are not commissioned to preach the gospel, but they'll find someone who will. Are you following me? They will not pre- they're not commissioned to preach the gospel. We are. But angels will find and nudge someone and give them instructions to go minister to someone. So Peter then had a vision that the gospel is being opened up to the Gentiles or anyone that's not Jewish. Thank God. Amen. Then right before the men arrive to get Peter, Peter was meditating on the vision. And then it said the spirit said to Peter that three men were seeking him. The spirit that spoke to Peter said this. You've got to follow this now. Are you ready? He said, I, say I. I. He said, I have sent them. Here's what I want to get out in this point. An angel in the beginning there with Cornelius, it was the, the angel that told Cornelius to send the men, right? It, was, it wasn't the Holy Ghost, was it? It says an angel appeared to him, to Cornelius in a vision and said, send men, right? Then the spirit spoke to Peter and said that he sent the men. But the point is this. It was the same angel that appeared and spoke to Cornelius that spoke to Peter and gave Peter instructions. That one angel set up the divine appointment between those two men. See, many would read that and think the the one that was talking to Peter was the Holy Spirit. It wasn't. Because it says, I sent them. And it was an angel that that appeared to Cornelius. Some of you are looking at me like deer in the headlights here. This is the word. I'm not making this up. He said, I have sent them. Are you following me? There's a divine appointment. But you still give credit to the Holy Ghost because he's involved in everything in the kingdom of God. Are you following me? But again, you've got to know this. The Holy Spirit went out of his way to point out it was an angel being used to set up that divine appointment. Why are Christians so afraid to talk about angels? Because the new age has twisted it. The new age has twisted it. But this is our portion. This belongs to us as Christians. Amen? Amen. Something else I want to point out here that's important. It says Cornelius clearly saw the angel in a vision. So it says he clearly saw. Say clearly saw. Cornelius had what we call an open vision. An open vision is, is how I'm looking at Ashley and I see her as clear as day right now. He, Cornelius seen this angel as clear as I'm seeing you and you're seeing me. That's called an open vision. All right. And then there's another kind of a vision called a closed vision. And that means you see it in your imagination on the inside. You following me? Say open and closed visions. Isn't the kingdom of God exciting? Isn't the, isn't it just exciting to be a Christian? I'm telling you, if you're bored, it's your own fault. Amen. Now listen, so this this was another angelic encounter that led to someone getting born again. And it says when, when, when someone gets born again, it says the angels even rejoice. The angels are interested in promoting the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You want more angelic activity in your life? Start advancing the kingdom of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are you following me? Why? Because angels want to get involved in that work. Angels are interesting in fulfilling the will, desire, and pleasure of God. Now, as I'm getting ready to close here, the the next point I want to mention 
is maintaining a mindset that promotes the work of angels and ministering spirits in your life. Go with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Y'all doing all right out there? Oh my. I'm telling you. The realm of the Spirit is deep and it is available for us to advance the kingdom and the gospel. Amen. Philippians 4, verses 6 through 8. I'm going to show you. may have never thought of this perspective of this passage. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, If there's any virtue, and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. This passage is revealing to us how to stay connected to the kingdom of God in our thought life and in your imagination. Are you following me? To position ourselves to allow God's angels and ministering spirits to assist us without us hindering them. Oh, I bet you never, I bet you never noticed or even thought about that verse in connection to the ministry of angels in your life. Why? Because if you are walking in doubt and unbelief, you're hindering the work of God's angels. Are you following me? So positioning ourselves within the boundaries revealed in verse 8 will allow us to maintain a spiritual mindset, come on, that promotes faith and positive, healthy thoughts that attracts the kingdom of God into our life. What you meditate on, you attract. Are you following me? Maybe you never, you know, anytime we're talking about the kingdom of God, whenever you, you read a scripture, it's talking about the kingdom of God. That includes his angels and ministering spirits in operation. Are you following me? Now, I'm on the last page, so stick with me here. We're doing good. It's before noon. All right, we'll get you to that little parade out there, okay? You'll get your, get your cotton candy and elephant here. I had mine yesterday. I got some waiting for me at home too, so I'm excited about that. But here, listen. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, commands us to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not unto our own understanding. In all of our ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct our paths. There it is. There's that burning bush experience. Acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him. It says acknowledge Him, and He will direct our paths. Amen? In other words, if you don't acknowledge Him, He's not going to direct your path. Why? Because you're not maintaining a spiritual mindset. Your spiritual ears are closed. Are you following me? Mm-mm. Acknowledging God means to keep Him fresh in our thought life and to pray, keep that line of communication open to Him. And that will release and assign angels over your life. Look at me with me to Galatians uh, chapter 1 real quick here. Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1, 6 and 9. It says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you into the grace of Christ, the house of grace. Think about that, amen. 
to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert or twist the gospel of Christ. But even if we, here it is, or an angel from heaven. Now, that heaven's not talking about the third heaven. It's talking about the first and the second heaven. Are you following me? Preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you. Let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. Now, this is how cults and false religions get started. They have an angelic encounter where there is an angel, where the angel is actually a demon masquerading or a fallen angel masquerading as an angel of light and gives that person false revelations that are anti-Christ and anti-Word of God. Are you following me? I'm giving some warnings here. I'm giving you some safeguards on this right now. Like, okay, what's an example? Oh, I don't know. Maybe like back in the day when people seen a, a vision of Mary. Oh, got real quiet in here. Oh, 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 oh. Whoa. That just bounced right back. Do you, the apparition of Mary? You, anybody know what happened back in the day when an apparition appeared to some children and she's basically saying, I'm the way, I'm the way. No, she's not. That was a devil masquerading. Are you following me? But this is how things, how false religions and cults get started. I said false religions and cults. Are you getting this? I want to end with one more passage of Scripture as a warning and a safeguard. Go to 1 John chapter 4 and I'm done. You don't have to pray to a dead saint. Come on. Mary's not interceding for you. Oh, come on, somebody. Mary's not interceding for you. The dead saints are not interceding for you. We have one intercessor, and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, but you know what Mary and all those dead, those, well, dead here, but alive, what those saints are doing? They're praising Jesus, right? They would, they, they, if they knew what was going on down here on this stinking earth, they'd be like, my goodness. No, you give all praise and glory to Jesus. Amen? First John 4. One, well, that's not very politically correct. Well, I'm not politically correct. I'm biblically correct. Now, if, I was a, if this was a seeker-sensitive church, I'd keep my mouth shut. But it's not. It's a Holy Spirit-sensitive church. Now, 1 John 4, 1 through 3, and I'm out of here. Listen. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Ready? I mean, if you're reading this, you should be up in your seat right now. Be like, oh, tell me. How will I know if it's God? Well, I'll tell you. Here it is. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of antichrist or anti-anointing. It's interesting how the word of God says that the anointing teaches us all things and leads us in the truth. But antichrist is anti-anointing. Are you following me? 
which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Now, so every spirit, human spirit, uh, whatever it is, right? Whatever spirit confesses and agrees with or says the same thing as. That's what the word confess means. It means to agree with or to say the same thing as. That Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And those that do not, they are not of God. So here's the deal. So you got a lot of these, these cults and false religions, right? Mormons, Jehovah Witness, and all these things. But they believe that, he got, that, that Jesus was just a good man. No, he was the God man. Are you following me? Jesus Christ. All right? Jesus Christ. Christ is not Jesus' last name, for those who don't know. It's a title. Jesus, the anointed one. The one chosen by God. The Son of God. Jesus didn't have an earthly daddy. He had a heavenly father. But he had an earthly mom. But he came and he condemned sin in the flesh. Are you following me? And his righteousness that he gained is now ours through faith in him. All right? So, so you got to know that an evil spirit, a deceiving spirit, motivating and influencing a false prophet or a minister will not agree with that belief or statement. Now, it's interesting in Galatians 1 that I read, it said, you know, how, how are you guys so fooled, right? It says that, that you would believe another gospel. And then he backs up and says, well, not necessarily that it's another gospel, but it's perverted. It's twisted. So there's some things, there's some people that believe Jesus is the God man, but there's some twisted things. You following me? Don't pray to saints. Get rid of the rosary. Are you following me? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Eyes are like this now. It's not necessarily different. It's just perverted. Twisted. Come on, somebody. You know, and I find it quite odd, too. When you start to see a, a minister or a, a, a denomination or a religion start to get a lot of favor with secular things, secular TV. Are you following me? That's where I start to think, hmm, Satan's the god of this world system. They're getting a lot of favor. Hmm, something ain't right here. Are you following me? Wow. Well, anyhow. So church, we need to keep in mind that we are never alone in the kingdom of God. Amen? We need to live a life that's pleasing to God, determined to fulfill the will of God, the word of God, and the desire of God in your life. And when you do those things, listen to me, angels will be working for you behind the scenes and the supernatural will be loosed in your life like never before. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. That whole Catholic thing wasn't even in my notes. My goodness. Oh, hallelujah. Now, maybe there's someone in this place you've never made Jesus Lord of your life. Or maybe you believed a perverted or twisted gospel. But today you want to come to the truth. If, a prayer team, come on up. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, or eh, you believed a little perversion of the gospel, and you want to make things right, I want you to come down and pray with the prayer team this morning. Let's just make it right. Amen? Hallelujah. Maybe there's someone here you want to rededicate your life to the Lord. Maybe you're one that got caught up in that dead religion. 
I said dead religion. Dead religion won't get you anywhere. Amen? It certainly won't get you to heaven. If you want to rededicate your life, you want to make things brand new, come on down and pray with the prayer team. Maybe you need, you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. You want to do that today? Come on down. You need a healing. You need a, uh, you know, any kind of prayer for anybody else. We'll stay here as long as possible. But we want to thank you so much for coming. Visitors, thank you so much for coming. Grab one of my cards if you need anything contact me. My number's back there on the card. Um, God is doing a mighty work. Thank you so much for Pastor Appreciation Sunday. We love you all. We appreciate you all. And I am so excited. We are so excited for the future that God has here. Amen. God bless you all. I love you all. Have a great week.